there is zero benefit if you're a rock climber, right, of doing the ancient art of penis stretching that they practice in China, where they hang the weights and they just thrust and the weight goes. Like, there's zero point doing that yeah. if you're a rock climber. It's not going to help you. Okay? Sure. Sure. Yeah, okay. agreed. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> 10 being, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life and I refuse to do anything else because I will die. And even if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't replicate it. Right, exactly. Right. Now, this is going to launch while I'm away, sipping martinis uh, at the beach, in the sun. Mm. Anyhow. Riding camels? <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? I'm too fat to ride the camels in Broome, apparently. They didn't say that. They, they, they implied that I was too, too yoked, too all right? Strong. Because alcohol is a... Depressant. Depressant, all right? I don't have a... Do I have a... One sec. It's a depressant. I like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. It is great. Should, should I do this? Don't yeah. do that. Stop Why not? But I'm, I'm right in your ear. Behave yourself. I'm inside you. Wait. <laughs> it's ASMR. Welcome back to another episode of the oh. Strength Institute podcast. This is not the Hey, this is the Big Flex podcast. Sorry, welcome to, the, to another episode of the, the, the Big Flex ASMR, podcast. you need to really pronunciate all of your syllables. Sorry. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of the Big Flex podcast. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. I can't think of a single thing worse. <laughs> that is terrible. Why do people enjoy that? Uh. I don't know. Welcome back, everybody, <laughs> to the Big Flex Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Back again to another episode, an upgraded episode, I've got to say, uh, this week for the Questions and Answers podcast. Um, uh, Nevin did a thing. I was so excited. And you're all going to see. So we, we, we put, uh, first of all, Getting married this weekend. Yeah, there's, there's that. He yeah. did that thing. Yeah. Getting married. That's a cool thing. And so, like, thing. we need to get some content uploaded and ready to go before I go on holiday on my honeymoon. So, we, we put up on the whiteboard, questions and answer time podcast. Always a good one. Always fill up, fills up quickly. And so, we're like, all right, we'll get that done. Anyhow, the, the questions came in. And I was like, Adrian, with our video splitter, what we can do is we can make a PowerPoint. And we'll sit down. We'll look at all the questions. We'll make a PowerPoint. So, we did that. Yeah. Yeah. You did that. You yeah. got very excited got and excited. did the whole PowerPoint all on your own. It was my day off. And then Adrian, I was like, hey, look what I did. He's like, what are you meant to do this together? I'm like, ah, just have a look at when we get it. It's all good. Yeah, anyway, so I get full marks with the group assignment and I didn't have to do anything. It was great. Yeah. Um, but he is going to read off the page like Stella. Instead of okay. looking up at the, the whiteboard that you can't see, which is over here, yeah. you'll... We will be looking at a laptop, which you also can't see. It'll be integrated. Yeah. And it will look fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do we're gonna do this. We're gonna go pa 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 picture in picture. Yeah, it does look pretty fancy. I yeah. can say it looks good. Yeah, it's all professional like. And sorry about the ASMR at the start. It was just um I was telling Adrian to speak into his oh, microphone. Are we, are we putting that in? Is that we're not, yeah? We're putting that, that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're putting that in because uh, I was always like, you know, Adrian, you need to speak into your microphone. He's excited. And he starts talking. And then you can't hear what he's saying. And I always end up talking loud. So I always have mine turned down a bit. His turned up a bit. But like, please speak into the microphone. And he went off in this this um, ASMR. That's what they do. Yeah. It's gross. And you hear, this is the bit that I don't like when they go like this. Okay. Stop Why that. they're talking. Yeah, and yeah. you can hear that. No yeah. one wants that. Stop that. Stop that. Please stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, first of all, I went and down, I downloaded the big flex font. Um from Dafonts, all right? It's a website, and I even put it on my PowerPoint. So everything here is like, it's good. It's yeah, right it looks great. Scheme. It looks like you got 1.5 spacing. It looks like you have a contents page. You got full marks, Nevin. It looks full fantastic. Marks. <laughs> Anyhow, this is um, podcast episode number 32. 32 podcasts we've done, not including fun challenges. Um, question time number seven. And we have, I believe, 11 good questions today. We, some pretty decent we have 10 today, good actually. questions yeah. and one question that's completely unrelated. But that'll be all right. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So, shall we commence? Let's get right into it. I like these ones. Let's, Let's do go. it. All right. So, guys, first question comes from Mark, and it is, uh, why should I eat more meat if my iron is low? Okay? And um, I think that is a great question. There's a lot right. of people have low iron, and they're just cranky and tired. 
all yeah. the time. And we don't <laughs> want you to be tired. No, yeah. not at all. But it does affect you in very big ways. I'm sure a lot of people out there have been told they have low iron and had to have had supplements or infusions or or things like that. And the reason why uh, we're answering this question for Mark is because he had low iron and then he started eating a lot more red meat. He, I think he said once every two weeks. We asked him, how much steak do you eat, Mark? He Crazy. Goes, I have a steak like maybe once every... Not even a steak. I have red meat like once every two weeks. I said... And we gave him almost kicked him out of the gym. Almost kicked him out of the gym. We gave him a very hard time. Almost said, "Get out!" And we told him to eat some red meat every single day for a while, especially while his iron was low. And lo and behold, he's had some fantastic PBs every single session since. Every single session and substantial as well. Strength is going up. Energy levels yeah. are going up. So we're going to dive into right now basically why it's important to get some extra meat in, and we'll clarify red meat. In particular, but there's some other vegetables and, and meats in here that we can um, that you can also increase. Yeah. But basically, yeah, iron um, is needed to form needed to form hemoglobin. Okay, and hemoglobin makes up seventy percent of all the iron stores in the body. Mm. Okay, uh, hemoglobin is also uh, what oxygen binds to in the red blood cells. Okay, so if you have low iron, you're going to probably have low hemoglobin, which means you're not going to be able to carry as much oxygen in the blood, and oxygen is one of the main factors when it comes to aerobic energy production, mm -hmm. right? You need oxygen. So if you're not carrying oxygenated blood up um, from your lungs into your uh, heart to get pumped around to your body for your muscles to utilize as energy. It's far less efficient. Far less efficient. Far less efficient at doing anything, yep. basically, which is why having very low very low iron can cause like chronic fatigue-like symptoms. Yeah, people get really tired. Yeah, you know. So um, there's obviously lots of people have low iron for different reasons. Some genetic. Um, some women. Are, it's probably more prevalent in women to have low iron than in men. Um, uh, but but yeah, unless you need an iron infusion, or you can even get um, prescribed like sort of iron tablets, very high doses of iron. You can just change your nutrition and and lifestyle. You know how you eat. Uh, and they can actually get some good improvements there generally. It doesn't have to just be red meat. Red meat's just an easy one. Red meat's one of the, the, the easiest sources of red iron that you can go to, but yep. there are lots of other food choices as well. Yep. Um, and what are some of those food choices, Adrian? Uh, well, uh, liver and organ meats are the ones as well. And I actually, when, when I was doing the carnivore thing, people kept telling me and hounding me with it that it's more nutritious to get organ meats in uh, your diet in general, but they don't necessarily taste good by themselves. They're not as palatable as... Yeah. as as the normal flesh. So a really is. easy way to get those into your diet is you can go to a, a good butcher that would do it for you. I say good butcher because not all butchers offer that. Um, but you can get uh, organ meats ground up and made into just beef mints, which is really handy. It's a yeah. really easy way to get them in and for it to be tasty. I tried to do it myself. I went to my local butcher. I was like, hey, can you mix up like a 70, 30%, so like 70% mince meat and 30% organ meat, like beef liver, mm -hmm. into uh, mince for me. And then I tried to make burger paste and it was tasty. And the normal mince sort of did counteract that really gamey, rich sort of flavor. Mm -hmm of the um of the organ meat and also um it did because it was m the majority was just normal mints um it it like the 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 texture was pretty normal as well um but it was a little dry and then marcus caitlin's dad marcus yep. and caitlin trains here um outstanding up and coming uh, athletics star all right junior athletic star um her dad is a, uh, a gourmet cook and he was like what you just got to do is just go to go to go to uh, it used to be called the secret butcher and now it's called troy's meats in balcata tell me about it yeah. and he has already perfected that ratio for you oh really yes yeah, so yeah. he has pre-made hamburger beef mints um, mince and uh, beef and uh, organ meat, pre-minced with the right amount of fat content to stay still be juicy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So go there. Yeah. Buy local. Troy's awesome. meats in Balcata. Okay. But it's not not just meats. There are lots no. of other foods as well. Uh, you can get uh, spinach, quinoa, and legumes. And here's the thing: you got to look at it, remember, it, and then look at the camera, and then it looks like you know all this stuff off the top of your head. All right. Hold on. Okay, spinach, quinoa, <laughs> legumes. We've got turkey as well. That's another good source of meat. Um, shellfish. Shellfish. A lot of people can't eat shellfish. Yeah, so, not, I'm just saying, it's an option for those that can. Yeah, it's, it's gross. You know? Cut it out. It's an, it's an option for those that can. There are options, and there are better options as True. well. All right? Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, so why, why is... Uh, I just find this interesting, just the way you've laid it out. Why has turkey got its own separate section then? Um, because it's a it's a, a lighter meat basically. I just sort of separated in the top is like all your red meats and like the livers and organs are like really dark and rich and gamey. Devil's advocate here, but why Nevin? Why turkey and not chicken? Um, because they didn't list chicken as high in iron, so I think turkey must have more iron than chicken. Well, there you go. I knew that actually. Yeah. Why, yeah. Okay. Bam. There you go. Anyways. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know when people say, oh, I got the tryptophan from the turkey and I'm sleepy. That's actually rubbish. There's nowhere near enough to make you sleepy. You just ate too much at Thanksgiving and you're fat and tired. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard that on a, on a very interesting nutrition podcast. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Next question comes from Phil. Not really <laughs> sport, health, and <laughs> fitness related, um, but Phil is my accountability buddy, was my accountant, okay? Mm -hmm. Has since palmed me off. Thanks, Phil. No, I can. He went to a different firm that doesn't do that sort of accounting anymore. And he's more into like uh, financial strategy and, and um, income product, like making making more revenue and just like yeah, okay. building cool. businesses, you know, the financial planning side of things. Yeah. And he was like, well, I want to be your financial accountability buddy. And he's like, oh, and, and you know, he sent me a message this week. You go, you should take a, think about hiking up your, um, your rates um, with all these, and I was like, Phil, you're gonna be the most hated man in the gym. And and <laughs> so anyone who wants to know his full name and address, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you let us know. And yeah, no uh, immediately uh, pending um, uh, rate increases here. But he basically asked, what is your strategy to gain repeat business? Now I must say, Phil, I must say, one sec, going up to the big screen. Okay, Phil, you have pinned yourself into a corner here by asking about repeat business and not increasing business why why repeat business only anyhow we're going to go back to the screen why okay. was that such a shocking well because i feel like the highlight. bigger the bigger question is how do you increase your business because if you already have people here repeat business is just them not leaving right which is basically my first dot point with repeat business is basically all about client retention yeah. how do we retain clients adrian it's by being us and being us. we are amazing and mm -hmm. so there's just that right I mean, I could be more specific, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think basically, um, when it comes to client retention, you just want to provide the best service that you can. Exactly. Yep. And we do try to do that. We do pride ourselves on doing that. Quality um, over quantity. Way. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we both actually cut our teeth in a different PT studio um, before I opened up this place, and and while it was really good, and we learned some great underlying sort of practices and, and how you should you know act around your clients and and maintaining professionalism and and engaging with them. Um, but it was also sort of like they only offered half hour PTs and it was all about getting as many PT sessions through the door as possible. Yeah. And we both thought, well, you know what? You can do stuff in a half hour, especially if people come in early and stay later. But that's why we offer half hour, 45, an hour long. Yeah. Because some people, you know, you train Megan, she'll be in here for two hours. Like, how am I meant to train her for half an hour? I'm going to get, she's going to get through her warm ups and then I'm going to be on the next person. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, and some um, people just need more specialized care as well. Correct. Training. Some people aren't as, Organized. Some people aren't as proficient physically. Some people need a lot of extra you know, time to learn. Some stuff. people, some people are, but just don't want to be. So, so, like, I've talked to many clients about this. That some people will be like, you know what? I like coming here because I don't have to worry about anything. I don't care about what I'm warming up at. I don't know what my warm ups are. I don't know what weight I'm going to start at. You sort it out for me, and yeah. I will lift the weight. And they're yeah. like, cool. As long as you lift that weight, we're good. Exactly. Right. So, so that's one thing. Um, we try to provide the best service um, and offer a more well-rounded, um, you know, service than others. Like I say, multiple, multiple um, different time frames, and also we do sort of the body composition work. Um, we have the built-in, um, you know, the True Coach app is built into our packages, which oh, means they the get programming for and they're not with us. So, so a lot good. of places, they won't do that, Phil. You'll just go in and be like, cool, this is what we're doing today. But what about when I'm training by myself? They're like, have fun and send you off on your way. Exactly. And it's good for just consistency in general. And writing programs as well, it, it's so much easier. Um, shout out to True Coach. Thanks for a plug. Yeah. And this is the no, True Coach. You need to do a plug. I just paid my yearly subscription to True Coach. <laughs> While it is free for you guys, it is not free for <laughs> me. Free. But it is, it is amazing. It really is. It makes it a lot easier for us to write programs for multiple people. But also, instead of writing stuff down with a pen on paper, like a backwards savage cage man, caveman scratching with the rock on a wall, yeah. it makes it so much easier yeah. to keep track of everything as well. You can measure people's metrics across time. You can add in all of their measurements, mm -hmm. everything that they do, all of their training sessions. It's all in the one the one space. Convenient. Not to mention, Convenient. we are more economically friendly. Exactly. Um, because we're not paper? wasting all that paper. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. It's very handy. Exactly. Um, also, I, 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 a very important note is that just continue being legends and all-round nice guys all that we are, nice Phil. guys, okay? yeah. yeah. Um, and, then, and then you're saying what's the best um, strategy to gain repeat business? That was the main little bit there. But in terms of getting new in, uh, new business, what I found is a couple of things. So obviously, you know, Google's important. Having an online presence is important. Mm -hmm. um, word of mouth. Word yeah. of mouth has yeah. been the best and I think will continue to be the best source yep. of, of, um, of business because when someone is referred to us by a friend, we are pre-approved. Yep. We're like going for a, a to put a put a um, 
offer on a house with the bank saying pre-approved for this much money because they trust that person. So yeah. like if your best friend's like, oh, my trainers are great, they're really knowledgeable and they got a program for my needs, you should check them out. That person's not like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna rip me off. Like we, exactly. we are a pre-approved service from this person. So yep. word of mouth is a fantastic thing to, to build on. Um, so we always wanna make sure people leave here. And that's really the dominant source of advertising that we do as well. Like we don't do any advertising. So a lot of the, it's why it's such a good community here because there's mm-hmm. friends and family and yeah. everyone knows everyone and it's, yeah. it's nice. In saying that we, like I am, especially with this like, post a day every day for 365 i'm like yeah. four months in now yeah. um like i it is important to have an online presence one thing that i know that we can improve on is uh is google reviews so i think we've got five stars on google reviews but we only have like a handful of uh we only have a handful of reviews so uh we'll put up a, a post uh, a link on on this but maybe in our members page uh and we would ask if you have the time please slap a nice um, five-star review on there for us if you feel so. And uh, and apparently that really bumps you up quite a lot in the Google searches. Oh, sweet. So yeah, the Google searches and word of mouth uh, is something that we can continue to work on. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thanks, Phil, for your question. All right, my accountability buddy. Um, Now, this question is by Anonymous, all right? (laughs) Anonymous. Um, We'll just say... I don't know. It rhymes with... Sh- we'll, we'll just say, what? we'll throw a random name out there. Like, uh, like one of our members, for example, like Jess, let's say. Jess. Oh, random, no, we, right? we random say, name. No, random we'll name. call it uh, Miss Douglas. We'll call it Miss okay, Douglas. Okay, Miss Douglas. Okay. Oh, no, no. Yeah. We'll call it Schmessica Schmugglers. Yeah, okay, okay cool. cool. Schmessica Schmugglers. Okay, yeah. okay. perfect. Yeah. Um, she goes, why can't I train on two hours <laughs> sleep and, uh, and, and some booze, all right? Get some drinks into me the night before. And this one made me... This one was dear to my heart because we were training. And Jess is strong, right? She's great. You know, strong. She's pretty committed, right? She's working hard. Mm-hmm. You know, she's lost weight. She's getting stronger. She's competing. And, uh, but she, and you know, I've got my programming sorted. And when I do my programming, I get like into it, guys. I'm like, yes, we're going to do this this week. And next, we're going to go up a little bit. I can't wait to go heavier on this exercise. And then we went in. We started. She looked a little flat. And then this was at like 6 in the morning. I'm like, all right, maybe she's just tired. She's warming up. And like, it, like look, next, it looks harder. And then like she missed what she got the week before. I'm like, What's going on here? What the shit's going on here? What's Jenny? happening? What's going on? What happened, Devin? Um, she's like, well, I was out last night. And I only got two hours sleep. And I was like, two hours? We had train off two hours sleep for her. And I said, like, you weren't drinking. She's like, no, no, I only had like five drinks. I said, five drinks? She goes, but it was like spaced out over the night. I was like, you can't train on two hours sleep and five drinks. Yeah. She goes, why not? And she didn't, actually, she didn't mean for that to be a question. It's actually a good question, though, because a lot of people do that. And it might not to be, maybe not that extent, what mm. you literally two hours of sleep. People say, like, oh, I got half an hour sleep, actually slept for six hours or five hours, mm-hmm. you know, like l- very little to no sleep versus little sleep and yep. alcohol as well. They do have a very, very big influence on your performance inside of the gym, games, like yep. sp- specific events, all sorts of stuff. Yep. Probably one of the bigger indicators of performance would be sleep, yep. I would say, overall across all of the different things that affect your performance, I would say. Hands so down. Look, sleep is huge, yeah. um, but also, yeah, like you can't turn up – um, hammered or like super hungover to a training session. Like, not that she, she wasn't hammered or hungover, but she was, you know, yeah. had a handful of drinks the night exactly. before. Spread out over the night, right? What's yeah. the rule? One for women, usually one standard drink for the first hour, one every hour after, right? For men, it's two in the first hour and yeah. one every hour after to keep under the legal blood yeah. limit, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she had five drinks over five hours, I'm not saying she was out getting drunk, but is it yeah. going to affect your performance? Probably. 100%. Now, I've put up a, basically two slides on this one, guys. And the first slide is talking about the alcohol consumption and performance. And so basically, um, looking at a few studies, you will get a decrease in muscular force output. So how basically how strong you are, right? How much force your muscles can exert on an object that is you pushing a barbell or something away from you, right? So you are going to get that. Um, and that is because you have reduced CNS excitability. CNS is your central nervous system. We're going to talk about that later with Jake's question. Mm-hmm. Um, and excitability just means that it is a bit dulled down. It's been dimmed down, all right? Because alcohol is a... Depressant. Depressant, all right? I don't have a... Do I have a... One sec. It's a depressant. I like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. It is great. Um, also, alcohol can increase fluid loss, which means you're going to dehydrate faster when you're working out, Okay. All right, so increase food loss through through sweating more. Um, sweat the booze out, but you're also going to sweat out all those good. I was going to say, I know that out. is it caffeine? Um, dehydration, diuretic, antidiuretic. Well, diuretic means that you're going to um, excrete more fluids. So alcohol is not that. Alcohol is a diuretic. You're going to excrete more fluids. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 
Okay. That's why you wake up feeling dehydrated because it's excreted all of your fluids. I don't know why. I thought that you had to have some sort of like stimulating effect for. It's a diuretic and it's excreted. No, you're going to get closer. All of you. You have to like put your lips on the microphone. Excrete all the fluids. Yeah, perfectly gross. Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It also decreases your thermoregulatory ability, which means. Do you know what that means? I do not. Please tell me. Oh, you do know what it means. Thank you for setting me up for, to, to, to do the thing. It means that basically um, when it's cold or hot, your body's not going to adapt. So if it's hot outside, you're going to overheat faster. All right. If you're if it's cold, it's going to take longer to like warm up into your body. Right. So basically, you're not uh, you're not responding to the environment uh, as your body normally would be able to. Well done, Nevin. I was being disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can you imagine person. doing that for an entire hour and then every single time you release content online? No. Yeah. I think we should try it. We have a sub channel. Sub channel. ASMR. Called the um the 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 TSI ASMR. And there's lots of S's in that as well. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna do it. Don't do it. Psychological effects. Obviously, we said before it was a depressant. So, you know, depending on who you are. How many times have you been out drinking? Someone's had a little too much to drink and they just get sad. A little sad. Sad about stuff. Bring that into the gym and try and do some heavy squats and see what happens. It's not going to have great effect. No, exactly. Um, It is less of a factor for submaximal work. So basically, uh, I think the, the article that I was looking at uh, looked at people that were doing like time to failure on like a stepping machine as well after a few mm-hmm. drinks. And like over like for very submaximal work, it didn't have as big of an effect. It did have an effect, but it wasn't as much yeah, for ma- as, as, as yeah. maximal performance. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is, of course, dose dependent. So the more pissed you get or the more drinks you get, you're probably going to have worse side effects. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and also um, the side effects are going to be dependent person to person. I guess there's there's one that you're missing, though. It Dose dependent, but sport dependent, right? Yeah. There are some sports that it would benefit, like beer pong. Everybody knows that you get better at beer pong the more you drink. It's true. That's just fact. However, we're not playing beer pong in here, so so <laughs> not really an excuse, yeah, right? Good point. All right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All You'll right. talk to some people like uh, old David um, reckons that it uh, actually always lifts a bit better the next day. Yeah. I know yeah. when I was playing rugby um, in Colts, you're under 19 years old or whatever, Don't and you're going out started. getting a few drinks and rocking up the next day and playing a game of rugby, and yep. some people would just play really good rugby um, it'd be like, yeah, I man, I'll play better after I've had like <laughs> yeah. 15 beers. Or maybe, maybe you'd be like even Just better if you didn't have 15 beers. Yeah, exactly. 15 beers, yeah. Who knows? Um, but it, it is, it is <laughs> dose dependent and then also person, individual dependent as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that was the alcohol side. Schmeschka. Uh, Schmeschka. Schmeschka. Okay. Miss um, Douglas. I mean, I mean, anonymous. Oh, Jess. Anonymous Jess, right. Anonymous. Just anonymous. Um, yeah. <laughs> is um, the lack of sleep on performance, yeah. which is a big one. You said um, talking about sleep. Do you want to talk a little bit about sleep here, dude? Uh, I do. As as you've talked about before in one of your more professional podcasts, oh. that sleep has the one with a PhD sleep scientist, Dr. Ian Dunnigan. I believe that's the one. He is the man. Yeah, it 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 does have quite a big effect on your overall performance, and he went into great detail about how they track that and then use that as a, a scale of intensity regulation for people's training as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get less sleep, you don't do so well. Uh, simply put, so there's that. And anyways, next question. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so it it can affect your anaerobic capacity quite a bit as well. So there's a reduction in mean and peak power output. Uh, so that one is it's a pretty big deal if you're, if you're trying to go for like in a heavy week. Um, you're trying to get a PB. That that it ain't going to happen. If you can't push as hard as you could push last week, that's your, your, your power output right there. It, you, it really is quite simple. Alcohol in, strength down. That's kind of... And sleep down, strength down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, For obvious reasons as well. Uh, We got more prevalent in higher level athletes as well. So obviously the the more elite the athlete is, then the more they're going to be affected by it. And I think that's probably more to do with, you'd say performance gets affected a lot more when you've refined yourself as an athlete a lot more as well. Like you get your average person coming into the gym and they don't really know how to push to 100% of their limit, but you get a career long athlete well, who yeah. gets that finely tuned. Right. It's going to be affected. And a I think lot it's more. not, and that's not even an intensity thing. Like you can get someone that comes into the gym and, um, and has great attitude. That's a beginner and pushes like really freaking hard. Mm-hmm. 
but they're actually not pushing anywhere near as heavy as what they could because they haven't got like the intramuscular coordination, yep. uh, which again we're going to talk about in the central in the nervous system question from Jake. But um, but but basically, unless you have full control over your body, yep. you actually can exert full power, full strength. Right? And it does. It takes a long time for people to develop those skills as well, and yeah, just refining them and making things as efficient as possible. That gets greatly affected uh, when you start drinking. Whereas someone who can't actually access all of their ability, like to access the body to the best of their ability, they're not going to be as affected by the alcohol because they don't have that capacity to be affected. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now, the studies I looked at as well, um, they were ranging in times. So over the first day, like uh, a bit of lost sleep yep. was not like, I mean, it was detrimental. Like mm -hmm. it was definitely had reduced, um, you know, you had reduced physical and cognitive effects. Yep. Um, but as you go past like the 36 hour mark, it is like crazy high. So if you go like 36 hours, no sleep, like a, like a day and a half, that's when your body really starts to get cooked. Um, there, this would be interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to say anecdotal, but um, I believe that there was a couple of studies that the military tried to do in, I think it was an American study. They made a movie about it where they tried to see how long people could stay awake for without dying. I don't know. I and heard some old, like uh, some old Russian military thing, but I think that was all like. They, they, there's, it's like four or five days straight. Maybe, and people start like hallucinating and oh, losing I, their mind. I'm sure. Um, and then, yeah, they're, they're like they start doing things that are incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Well, I think they, like, they, maybe they, 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 for the movies as well. Who knows? Hollywood well, shows. Well, they made a movie about it, but um, yeah, they, they made a movie about it because they tried to do that. Like, you just can't, you can't okay, stay awake yeah. for too long. You just start to like lo lose your actual mind. Everything yeah. just falls apart. They just sleep. Just kind of kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Um, so that was the anaerobic um, stuff. Yep. Aerobically as well, you are going to get reduced total workload and an increased time to failure. So basically, yep. you're not going to be able to work out for um, as long, and your total workload is going to be reduced because of that. Yeah. Um, similar to alcohol, there can be psychological effects. So like if you, you know, again, are really sleep deprived, you can get super emotional. Like yeah. things can happen. You can that, get frustrated. That, or one actually, that one actually happens a lot. I've, I've had a, a, a lot of people cry over the years in the gym. And a lot of the time it happens because people are just tired. You yeah. Know? Like first thing in the morning, kids kept them up all night, push out a heavy set on squats and just have like a little, just have a moment. Yeah, have a little moment. Just squeeze out a couple of tears. Um, yeah, like the alcohol again, it yep. can um, reduce your thermoregulatory ability or function. So again, not going to be able to, your body's not going to be able to cope with sort of the uh, the temperature in your environment as mm -hmm. well. Um, also, uh, this is what I found was interesting. It, it seemed to find that people, and this was more towards a 36-hour mark, actually had reduced pre-exercise muscle glycogen, which means like their muscles were storing less energy source for them as well. Um, when they were tired. I don't know if that's because it was like sending it up to the brain to try to use for energy. Like, I don't know. Well, I guess just less efficiency in the system in general, right? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, and then also a big one is reduced agility um, and uh, accuracy and um, reaction times. Well, that's 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 a very well-known one just in general. Like the, the ads that they had running for years and years, don't drive tired, it's mm -hmm. as bad as driving drunk, same sort of thing. That fatigue yeah. can greatly affect your... Your break time and, as well, and you'll see that you'll see that crossover into sports. And you were talking about this as well, but basically, um, and this isn't necessarily like sleep related. It can be if you are lacking sleep, your your injury risk goes up if you're playing sport. Yeah, I can't but, remember. But, the, but the, also, but also sorry. the um, uh, as you play more, so you'll see most of the injuries that will happen in a rugby game or a footy game are in the, the the back half, the back third, the back quarter. Yeah, that's because people get tired, and yep. that's what that 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 goes is their reaction time, coordination. their coordination. Yep. They'll easily more easy. They'll far more easily roll an ankle, stuff like that. Yeah. I have to try and find the study, but there was uh, one that when I was doing my strength and conditioning course through the ACA that they had starting from nine hours and going backwards, the reduction in injuries or the chance of injuries, just invert it, um, with nine hours of sleep or more. Was what like, do they call that? Um, the the incidence. The incidence? Yes. Like any type of injuries. Yes. Like during, the, what do you mean? Sorry. Number of incidences. Number of incidents? Well, they it was over like self-reported over a long period of time. So basically they, before every game or training session, they would just get people to record how much sleep that they had the night before and they yep. just compiled all this data. Yeah. With nine hours of sleep, it was like a 10% chance. And then as you go down to eight, it was about a 20% chance. And then every hour you went down after that, it went up something like 10 to 15 to 20 to 30. And it was just almost exponential. And there's like a 90% chance of getting injured if you have three hours of sleep or, or less. And it's it's crazy the amount that it jumped up after that. Right. Yeah. There you go. Like we'll try to we'll see if we can find that one, and then we can um, add yep. the link on here as well. Okay. Will. Yeah. So that is uh, that is 
Um, hopefully that answers your question, uh, anonymous. Anonymous, Shmeshka um, Shmuggles. Okay. Perfect. Just anonymous. Yeah. Yes. Um, next one is from Kyle. All right. Kyle asks, how do you balance S and C? S and C is the savvy way of saying strength and conditioning uh, for sport. This is kind of a big question. It's quite, it's quite a bit. What? It's a large question. Look. It's a large question. It is. You're looking at me like that for. That was your, your dreamy look into my eyes and make me fall in love with your face. Why'd you do that? I got distracted for a second there. It's such a big question. <laughs> I hope this comes out well. You've on the, got on the, to, yeah. We've got to stop at some yeah, point. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's a lot of things that factors into this yeah. as well. I, I would say that, Kyle, when you're talking about sport, the, the most important thing about training for sport is specificity, mm -hmm. right? There uh, is, is... Is what? Specificity. Oh, that's a good one. Specificity. Um, there is zero benefit if you're a rock climber, mm -hmm. right? of doing the ancient art of penis stretching that they practice in China, where they hang the weights and they just thrust and the weight goes. Like, there's zero point doing that yeah. if you're a rock climber. It's not going to help you. Okay? Sure. Sure. Yeah, okay. agreed. 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 <laughs> agreed. So it all comes down to specificity. So I guess a really good thing to, to, to uh, know would be, does your sport have a pre-season? Does it have an off-season? Does it have a competitive season? Because if it does or doesn't, it sort of affects how you train. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I believe Kyle does a lot of rock climbing. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, that's great. But he's not a competitive rock climber, so he's not like he's preparing for world championships or the Olympics. He can just rock climb whenever he wants. Yep. So, um, how would he go about balancing weight training with that? I guess if you want to identify the things that are going to make you a better rock climber, all right? Oh, I'm a good rock climber, but what seems to fail is, is I just don't have the grip strength. Um, or I've got really good grip strength, but I'm just not strong enough to like pull myself up to, what do they call it when you just pull and grab? Uh, so no, no, that's what, but it's called a name. Like a dino? Like you mean like jumping to things? No, jumping. Crimping? No, not crimping. What do you mean? That's just rock climbing, bro. Yeah, but it's got a name. <laughs> I was watching I was watching Magnus's channel and he's the best rock climber in Norway and he I'm, calls it just something something. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyhow. If you if I'm you, one of those guys where I learn by doing. I'm okay. Not, I'm not about right. the Okay. <laughs> I'm not about the terminology, David. Okay. I'm just a naturally uh, born athlete. <laughs> okay. Right. Just got a lot of heart, you know? Um <laughs> but basically, all right, let's say Carl, Carl's problem is I don't have the strength to dino to like powerfully like throw myself up to the next reach. Um well he might really benefit from doing some like powerful like or some good strength training through his back doing some like power movements like a, like a clean where he's using a lot of upper back and and, and it's quick right yep. so there might be some things but what happens when you train that six times a week well you start to kind of go backwards a little bit there or but and also you like your sport negative yeah well. if, if you're if you're doing super heavy like back day three four times a week yeah right because like i'm gonna get my back so freaking yoked uh, but you then, cook yourself and then yeah, you can't but then you can't go out and perform, climb, right? Exactly. Right? You can't yeah. climb. So, so the first thing is really important is you know think of your uh, of your sport. Does it have windows, right? So, like for example, if you're playing rugby, the off season and the pre season. So the off season really is where people get a little fat and a little lazy because there's no training at all. They finished everything, or they can actually actually a good athlete. They go into the gym and just train like an animal and get as big and strong as possible. Yep. Okay. Then the pre season is about maintaining as much of that as possible, but getting your fitness level and ability as high as possible. Yep. And what you'll find is, and this is really interesting because I've talked with Louis, um, Louis Dalamo, who I've had on the podcast twice before, the Strength Institute podcast, and some other SNC coaches that are professional rugby strength and conditioning coaches, is that the players, when they get to the grand final, when they should be playing their best rugby, mm -hmm. they're actually like the weakest they are in the gym because yeah. they've just been beaten and battered all season yeah. long. So for those guys, there's no point in going out and maxing out deadlifts the week of the of the grand final, like yeah, why? They'll like just why? They're nervous. Exactly. Their whole bodies. Yeah. So so yeah, I think that the number one thing you need to balance, Kyle, is figuring out. All right, I don't have a competitive season. I'm not training for a specific event. I want to get better in general. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of my climbing ability for the next eight to 12 weeks. And I'm going to really focus on building strength. And I'll still climb once or twice a week, but it'll be for fun. I'm not going to try to like always be getting better or doing really crazy hard routes. It's more so just so more I don't like lose. like maintenance, yeah. Yeah, more maintenance, like maintenance. skill work. Yeah. Correct. You know, you can work on your finger strength and just little things like that, you know, techniques. Um, but you're in the gym working really hard on improving the strength. And then when you go back to climbing, you might drop your strength training from three or four times a week back to twice a week. 
Um, but what you'll find is once you've built strength, is it takes less intensity to maintain strength. Yeah. So if it takes you training four times a week for an hour and a half per session to get to a certain level, you might be able to maintain that level or within you know 90% of that level training only twice a week um, at that sort of intensity. Or you could train three times a week at 80% intensity and maintain most of the gains, yeah. right? So that is, I think, the, the, the biggest balancing act there. Um, yeah. And a lot of people don't want to sacrifice what they're doing for something else. But if you're looking big picture, that might be the best way to do it. And... That as well, not only that, the type of exercises that you do matter a lot as well. So we talked about specificity yeah. and a lot of people get confused when you say specificity and they think that that means that because you're doing, for example, same thing, rock climbing, yeah. uh, because you're doing rock climbing, you have to do things that are very, very specific to rock climbing. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do anything other than strength and conditioning in your strength and conditioning sessions. If you're rock climbing, you're already practicing the skill quite a bit yep. and there are lots of ways that you can develop yourself as a rock climber. There are lots of different styles of, of, of climbs, of holds you can use, of, of training that you can do to develop your skill and technique. You don't need to like go into the gym and crimp on the squat cage. Yeah. You know, right? You, you want to be as strong as possible. So bigger compound moves mm -hmm. that make your whole body as strong as possible. Yeah. So like we talked about... Well, like a, yeah. Sorry. Like, like I was saying, like we talked about a, a clean, something like that, like a hand clean to work on your explosive power has nothing to do with climbing, but it makes your entire body explosive and strong, right? Same thing. If you want to be good at climbing, you still need to be able to squat pretty heavy. There's a lot of, there's a lot of lifting your whole body up on one toe. If you can double your body weight with squats, then- But not, but not put a lot of body weight on, exactly. then that's fantastic. Then you're going to, your power to strength, your power to weight ratio is going to be massive and you're going to be able to move around on your feet really, really comfortably. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. Like you don't need to go and buy a uh, a rock fingerboard that's like, you know, rock climbing fingerboard and do all your chin-ups off that. Like just no. do chin-ups on the chin-up Just bars. do normal chin-ups. It's fine. More tensile strength with closed hands yeah. and you can do heavy weighted chin-ups, yeah. right? If I'm doing heavy weighted chin-ups, if I can lift 80 kilos hanging off my waist, right? That's 80 kilos plus 80 kilos. I could probably just start doing one-arm chins, all right? But I can't do that off my fingers. You get that strength from climbing. So you don't necessarily have to train that. You have your skills and your sport, and then you have your strength and condition, and they complement each other. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be mixed. Yep. And also, um, this isn't limited to just strength training. Like, yep. And again, a good example is rock climbing. Being flexible and mobile is important. Yep. So maybe that involves doing extra stretches or mobility work or doing yoga once Absolutely. or twice a week. I was improving certain things. Great at climbing when I was climbing. I was just really strong, and I was very mobile. So I was climbing with guys who were way stronger than me, but just couldn't lift their legs high enough to put their feet up onto stuff. So I was keeping up with guys who were just outdid me on a lot of stuff, but mm -hmm. on some climbs, I was just more flexible and kind of strong. And so you know I, so what? I kept up. And, 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 but did they ever, and this is an interesting question, did they ever chastise you for that? Did they ever say to you, did they ever imply, oh, you're only able to do this because you're more mobile than me? No, they were all like, oh man, I wish I could do that. You know what? This is actually kind of funny. It's a little bit of a tangent here. I love jiu-jitsu, yeah. right? I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I was crazy on it for about a year and a half, two, uh, probably about two years. And unfortunately, recently I haven't been doing it. I am looking at getting back into it now that my back is feeling a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that used to really piss me off, what? all right? You know what used to grind my gears? You know what used to grind my gears? <laughs> what used to grind your gears never? Was I'd go in there and I would tap someone or someone wouldn't be able to tap me. Maybe a higher belt wouldn't be able to tap me. Yeah. And they would say, oh, you just... Oh, you're just too strong. Like, um, just, uh, yeah, you're just too strong. And that used to piss me off because they would say it in a way that isn't like, oh, if you weren't so strong, I'd be able to get you. Like, no, no worries, right? Yeah, but you are. Right. So, so here's the Strength is a skill. Yeah. Strength is a skill. And, and you know what? It's actually one of the only sports that I've been involved in where it's actually such a, such a, everyone is friendly and kind and nice. And I've never actually had, a, I've had about one bad experience with one person in the five plus years of doing jujitsu, right? Um, but apart from that one person, Irishman too, apart from that Irishman, um, uh, everyone is lovely, but there's this almost like an undertone of like resentment when they can't get you because you're stronger than them. It's like, wait a minute. Hey, buddy. First of all, my coach is a black belt that weighs 30 kilos less than you can tap me all the freaking time. Yeah. Right? So your skills of being for having done this sport for an extra five years than me or your skills because you train more than me or because you have a slightly bigger repertoire of moves than me just don't counteract my skill of being stronger but you spending that time going to the mats i'm spending my extra time training heavy weights four times a week and if you if you if you uh, what's the word i'm looking for extrapolate that i think that's the right mm -hmm. word yeah. words um 
if you were to do the sport for another five years on top of this and be as strong as you are, which is much stronger than him, and then get to that level in five years, you yeah. would smoke him. Oh, yeah. And that's what a lot of people, they they get a little, a lot of people do get upset about that. And it's because you're not very strong. So yeah. deal with it. But so strength is if a skill. we have two, two athletes, right, that are exactly the same skill level, exactly the same, yeah. you clone Nevin and he's standing next to Nevin, right? But one of the Nevins. I would win. The one of the Nevins doesn't do weight training and is incredibly skilled or even maybe a bit more skilled. And the other Nevin does weight train and is a, a, a similar skill level. The weight training Nevin wins every time, I every so. single time. Just about. It factors in. If you're a stronger athlete and you're dealing with athletes that are as skilled as you, the stronger athlete wins. They can handle more. They can produce more force. They can move better, punish yeah. their body more. That's right. More often, they just outdo you every time. Yeah. I agree. Anyhow, a little off tangent there, but I think well, that's important to say. It relates. It, it goes does. Back to it does. Timing. It's because like because being strong, before. being strong, um, is a skill, and it helps in most sports. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question uh, comes from. Wait a minute. Did we get Mandy's one? Oh, that must be later. Yeah. Okay. Wait, Next did, one. Did we? No, no. Mandy's yeah. must be later because yeah, three, four, five. Right? Okay. All, cool. good. all right. So, question five: Can too much sleep be detrimental to performance? And that's from Sophie. Can too much sleep be detrimental? Too much sleep. She's like, oh, man, I sleep, I sleep well, and then I get home and I can just like fall asleep and I have a nap and I sleep. Can it be like can negative? Can it be negative? I don't know the answer to this one. I wanna I wanna spitball it. Right? I hypothesized I wanna, no. I don't think so. I don't think you could ever get too much sleep, could you? Well, I popped off an email, a message to my to my friend. He's also an Irishman, but he's a good he's one of the good ones. All right. Dr. PhD sleep scientist, Dr. Ian Dunnigan, and he mm -hmm. says, um, well, Less than 0.5% of the population actually get too much sleep. Like mm -hmm. actually get more. So he didn't even say too much. He said get more sleep than what is recommended. So, okay. so basically he goes, basically no one, less than 0.5 yeah. are getting, you know, more than eight, eight, uninter eight uninterrupted good quality yeah. hours of sleep. Even if you're sleeping from eight, for eight hours, you're waking up, there's this, you, you know, whatever yeah. it is, right? He goes, less than 0.5% of the population actually get enough good quality sleep. Yeah. Okay? okay, so he goes. He says, he says very highly unlikely mm -hmm. that your friend is getting um, too much sleep. Um, in terms is of is there too much sleep? No. Well, he we, again. He said there's not really much literature. He goes, but basically no. He's like yeah. people aren't getting too much sleep. Okay. And he goes, he goes really sleeping is when your body recovers. So unless you're sleeping 23 hours a day and you and don't have enough time to train, enough time to eat, do anything, yeah, yeah. then maybe. But no one's sleeping 20 hours a day. Yeah. All right. He goes one thing um, that you that it might actually be, um, and and this is not saying that you're because you're not most of these things I already see. Um, he goes, but basically it can sometimes potentially highlight an underlying health problem. Mm -hmm. So like people with type 2 diabetes, obesity, sleep apnea, narcolepsy, like and you can see the list here, um, heart disease. Actually, one of them that's not on there that I think should be on there is- Depression and what? Fatigue and chronic fatigue syndrome. A lot of people, or a lot of people in my personal experience as a coach over the years, uh, a lot of people don't know they have fatigue issues or chronic fatigue even as like as diagnosed and then they go to the doctors and they're like yeah you need some stuff here have some iron and then right. like fix yourself but, but i wonder um, these these are these are all conditions and chronic fatigue is it a condition or is it a symptom of a condition i don't know 100 i'm pretty sure you can get diagnosed with chronic fatigue like it's called chronic fatigue as right. a, okay as yeah a, i'm yeah. not sure I, add, think, add well, to I, list. I could be wrong add to yeah. the list but yeah so basically um if you are a chronic sleeper and you're like always tired and mm -hmm. always asleep maybe there's an underlying health issue you can go yourself checked out yeah yeah interesting cool. uh, but the answer is no you can never sleep too much that's right question six what is the um difference in rpe percentage-based training and rir or reps and reserve there's lots of letters in there, Nevin. Yeah. What do they all stand for? I got all excited when Byron, and, and Byron's like, can you just tell me the difference between like, can you like explain a bit more about RPE? And I was like, yes, and I'm going to throw on percentage-based training and RIR. And he's like, all right, cool. Um, this one's from Byron. And I got all excited with this one because they're all actually kind of, it's kind of cool. It's ways to sort of program and to train. Um, RPE, uh, you know what RPE is. Why don't you just get everyone started on what RPE is? RPE and then is the rate of perceived exertion. And more commonly used to measure that is the Borg scale. Oh, this guy. Mm, I know. All right. Okay. Now but, tell me, Nevin, who is Mr. Borg? Hey, I don't know. 
not an Irishman, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what's with this like peppered peppered Irish hate here? Just that one guy that rubbed yeah, me wrong on the on the mat. Right. He, he wronged it's me. It's been done, man. Okay, it's, it's done. Good. I know plenty of good Irishmen, so uh, I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, anyways, RP, rate of perceived exertion. Yeah, and originally it was done more for like field sports and team sports like that, where yeah. um you'd be like, All right, and and again the scales differ. There's sometimes scales of twenty, sometimes um scales from one to ten. I think the Borg scale is a scale of one to twenty. One to twenty, and yeah. some are like six to twenty, like didn't yeah, go down to one, like it's well, weird. They, it never went down to one. I'm I'm pretty sure that the Borg scale is a scale of one to twenty, and then it started from six to twenty because people reported that like one to five was almost useless, and it's like, well, one is me lying on the floor not doing anything, whereas six is me actually like right pushing. So it's it's changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, it's been adapted for the most part to be a scale of one to ten. Mm -hmm. One being super duper easy. I'm basically doing absolutely nothing. Yep. I could do infinitely more of this. Yeah. All right. Um, ten being that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, and I refuse to do anything else because I will die. And even if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't replicate it. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, and so that scale has been adapted to strength training. And I'm assuming that he's asking this in relation to strength training yes. because he lifts weights and is not out there doing ballet or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I believe I actually think I know why Byron asked this question ooh, as well. Why? I'm going to throw a quick one in there. Okay. Byron's one of the only clients that I have ever had that will push himself so hard that he goes over over the limit. Right, can push himself so hard that he can hit a wall, go past the wall, and then just crash and burn. Uh, a lot of people find it really hard to get to that point where they push past their limit. Byron's one of those people that can just smash himself. Uh, and I've even had to rein him in and like bring the weights back every now and again on some of our heavier strength training sessions, even for weeks at a time. Um, for a perfect example, the last comp that we had, yeah. he was he was putting in a bit too much work, had to back him off a little bit, and then he put up some good numbers for the comp. Right. Um, but yeah, just pushing his intensity levels way too high. And I would ask him, like, had that feel out of one to 10? And he'd be like, three, let's do this, and just smash right. himself, yeah. right? Yeah. Not quite like that, but still. Um, yeah, and I talk a lot about that with him, about trying to bring the intensity down, and it's been really effective. Yep. Um, whenever we try to regulate the intensity a little bit, he gets good strength gains the weeks after. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the RPE adapted to strength training. Again, it's going to vary a little bit depending on which strength coach you're following. Mm -hmm. But the way we like to do it in here is, and I've got the uh, example up on the um, on the page, is that a ten would be like that is the most weight that I can do, and I cannot get another rep. Okay. Basically, Absolute max. One hundred percent of your ability. A nine point five would be like I can't get any more reps. That's for sure. But I might have been able to squeeze out like an extra two and a half kilos mm -hmm. for the same number of reps. Mm -hmm. um, nine would be maybe one rep in the tank, and eight and a half, one to two reps in the tank, yep. eight two to three reps in the tank. Right. So that's that. Um, generally, and I'm going to start to speed through this a little bit because you have a client coming soonish and we're going to make sure that we get through all these questions. How many more questions do we have? Uh, there's 10 total, right? Yeah, we might um, have to do a part two. Oh, gosh. Um, basically, uh, sometimes the RPE scale is harder for beginners and intermediate people because they underestimate or overestimate um, how hard something is. That's, so That's a big one. Yeah. A lot of the time you get new people doing squats and you'll be like, oh, how was that set? They'll be like, oh, it was pretty easy. It's like a three, four. And then you put five kilos on the bar and they can't do another rep. Yeah. Uh, they just don't know how hard they can push. Yeah, too hard. Uh, and then other times they'll be like, oh, it was a 10. I can't do any more. I'm going to die. And then they do five more sets heavier. Yeah, so, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, next uh, part of that question was percentage-based training. Percentage-based training is just basically looking at uh, your one rep max. So if you can squat 100 kilos one time, that is your one rep max, and that is 100% intensity, mm -hmm. right? One rep. General rule of thumb, and again, the caveat to this is that, uh, oops, get this back here. Um, general rule of thumb is, um, is that you're going to drop about 5% off to get that second rep. So if you can squat 100 for one, you should be able to squat maybe around 95 for two. Yep. Okay. Um, and then every rep thereafter is about another two and a half percent. So as you can see right there, three reps is nine two and a half percent, ninety percent, four reps, eighty-seven and a half percent, five reps, eighty-five percent, six reps. Right. Yeah. Um, now, the further away you get from one rep max, the less accurate this is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This obviously is going to vary from person to person, and it's going to vary from muscle group to muscle group. So that is not going to be the same. You might find that oh, I'm a really good squatter, and I can squat basically right on that percentage base. Mm -hmm. But when I bench press, you know, my bench might be 100, but my two rep bench is only 90%, my, you know? Yeah, so yeah. take that with a pinch of salt, but that is rough percentage-based training yep. right there, okay? And the part three to that is uh, uh, reps in reserve, RIR. It's just another way of saying how many reps you think you had left yeah. in the tank. Very similar um, way. So if you were to say, all right, uh, I did a eight RPE, mm -hmm. which is two to three reps in the tank. Yeah. You could also say it was a... 2.5 or a 3 RIR, yeah, right? Okay. 2 yeah. or 3 RIR. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, again, harder for beginners and intermediate people to um, differentiate yep. those. Okay. Um, next question. This was Mandy's one. Is what's better, water or electrolyte drinks? Water sucks. <gasps> water is better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is better? Um, sport dependent, exercise dependent, person dependent. No. So basically, you need electrolytes for muscular contraction. Yep. Ha! Hold the phone. No, you don't. Gonna drop some knowledge on ya. <laughs> All right. Basically, you actually need calcium in that chemical reaction that happens in your muscles. Yep. You have these little muscle fibers, actinomycin, and they basically crawl up each other, and that contracts your muscle, right? Um, the One of the things that you need for that is calcium. Calcium can't enter the muscle unless it goes through a... They call it a sodium potassium pump. Basically, you need the electrolytes create a little uh, force field, a little opening in the force field for the calcium to get into your muscles. Yep. So if you've all seen Rogue One, great movie, probably the best of the mo modern Star yep. Wars movies. Yep. Yep. Towards the end, where they go to that really nice oasis planet, mm -hmm. and the whole planet's covered in a in a, uh, in a force field, and they have to like wait at the gate, and they open up this little thing in the force field, and they go down. That is the potassium pump, and their ship is the calcium getting down to the muscle, great, which is the planet. Great analogy. It's a great analogy, is, right? So, so, but but you need the electrolytes <laughs> for the calcium to get to your muscle. When you go, oh, I'm cramping. I need electrolytes. Haha, <laughs> too late. You don't have the electrolytes. Your calcium can't get to the muscles. Exactly. Anyhow, yeah. um, but if you have excessive um, electrolyte depletion via sweat loss, yeah. electrolytes are fantastic, mm -hmm. right? If you're not sweating a lot and you're just like. Uh, drinking a heap of electrolyte drink, okay? Well, it's not going to be detrimental, but most of them have a lot of calories. You're probably just drinking a heap of calories. So probably not ideal. A lot of them are just made to taste really good. And unless you're playing a high-level sport where you're actually pushing your body to its to its limit yeah. and often and for a long period of time, yeah, 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 you're yeah. really working it at, at a high level, mm -hmm. you're probably never going to actually experience that the, the, the thing that those ads tell you that you need to have the drinks yeah. for in your once Look, a week And people that are in the gym lifting some weights, oh, I've got a cramp. It's probably not because of the electrolytes. It's probably it, just exactly. the muscles fatigued yeah. or whatever, it's, right? It's probably not going to ever happen unless you're... Yeah. Um, some on the flip side of that, Mandy, you can overdrink water because basically yeah. if you just drink a shit ton of water without the necessary salts in there, um, you actually your kidneys can't keep up with that amount of water yeah. and um, you dilate basically the con the sodium content of your blood. And that can be life-threatening. So don't overdrink too much water. Yeah, but don't scare people. How much water is that? You need to have a heap. I'm not giving you any recommendations. It's I don't want anyone to try it. It's a lot of water. I'm it's, just it's saying. It's very, yeah. very, very... Don't be like, oh, no, two liters. I'm going to... It's like no, no. 12 I think, liters I think they say. Hour. I think they say for women, two and a half to three liters of water per day. For yeah. men, up to four liters. Very, very safe and pr should be promoted. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah, drink a lot of water. If you are sweating a heap, then supplement with some electrolytes. But probably not... Not going to help a huge amount. Okay. Exactly. Question eight. What can I do to reduce my muscle soreness post-exercise? I've listed one, two, three, four, five things here. You go to the first one. We'll go one for one. But movement. Movement in general. Uh, movement is good just, uh, just, just to get your body moving, as it says in, in the word. Um, just movement. Movement is one of those things movement. where you're sore and you want to just be still and not move because it hurts and yeah. try not to poop because you have to stand up and sit down again. Um, but lymphatic system. It, it helps to remove waste and substrates needed for movement in general. So just moving in general will help to yeah. recover the sore muscles. Your circulatory system has a pump. Your heart, it pumps blood around the body. Your lymphatic system does not. You need movement to Passive. help. Yeah, you need movement to help it work. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's really important. Yeah. Take the second one, ice baths. Yep. Ice baths have been shown to have short-term reductions in muscle soreness. Okay. Long-term, not a huge deal. If you are getting smashed every single day, um, lots of little short-term benefits might equate to a long-term benefit. But basically, if you if you do a very brutal exercise um, session, jumping into an ice bath might alleviate some of that muscle soreness. I don't know. My personal opinion, I don't think they're, they're any good anyways. Anyways, next. You have to have more than 30 Epsom seconds. Epsom salt baths. Like 49 seconds. Epsom salt baths. Um, they've been suggested to increase... Muscle recovery processes as well. Um, they're also just nice. Epsom salt baths make you feel nice. Now, the Epsom salt bath uh, is magnesium. That's why you have an Epsom salt bath, all the extra magnesium in them. Um, from what I read about that is it's effective, but not as effective as ingesting magnesium. That's far more effective in general. But magnesium baths have been shown to be 
effective to some to somewhat effective, I believe, was the term that I read in in reducing muscle soreness. Right, and well. that that adds into the next part. We said magnesium supplements and carbohydrates. So, oh, yeah, there you go. Yep, there you go. Um, carbohydrates are also important because uh, carbohydrates break down into muscle glycogen, mm -hmm. which is a very important part of actually uh, helping your muscles recover. Mm. And you were like throwing shade out, saying, "Well, that doesn't make it less sore." Yeah, that's what I thought. There's, 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 okay, so you have to specify with us, Mandy. Um, sore for longer, sore in general, because... Or level of soreness. Level of soreness. Because let's say you're sore for one day or two days or three days, you're still sore, whether it's all for just 24 hours or 48 hours. Or, I, I was arguing that it doesn't reduce muscle soreness. It just reduces the amount of time that you're sore for. Which is, again, reducing muscle soreness. Like if you reduce the duration of something, you're saying the duration of you say, but you're saying that you're saying the level, you're saying the level of soreness. Soreness is a general term; it's not a level. Well, then we need to quantify what we're talking about here. We right. can't have an argument if we don't know the terms <laughs> right. that we're arguing. Yeah, I think the terms are um, soreness and reducing soreness can be in terms of reducing the length of time it takes to recover the soreness. The reason or, why I got specific about this is because yeah. a lot of people say like, "How do you stop dumps?" You cannot stop DOMS. It is like death in taxes. It will happen. Yeah, delayed right? onset of you muscle soreness. You can't stop DOMS. Correct. It's just part of exercising. You can stop the amount of time that you're sore for. You can try to do things to recover better, but mm -hmm. DOMS going to happen. Going to get you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that um, if you can reduce the amount of time that you're sore, that's in general still yeah. helping with muscle soreness. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last one, stay hydrated. We talked about this uh, a little bit before. Yeah. Um, being hydrated is the really Star important. Star Wars analogy. Yep. Um, to help transport <laughs> nutrients into the cells of your body. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, question nine, being in the zone and its effects on powerlifting. This one's by Jake. Can you, say, can you talk about it? What do you think? I think we might have to Cut this one because th these are pretty decent sized questions. Can you, do you want to just, because we're so close. I, I, can, I can open up the gym and like. Uh, Why don't you open up the gym so they can get in? And I'm going to start on this one. Yeah, okay? okay. Perfect. We uh, cut this one dangerously close to the, I'm taking, no, I can't. We're going to cut this one dangerously close to the, uh, go on, move the light a little bit. Oh, he's, oh, my goodness. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, uh, basically, the effects of being in the zone uh, uh, on powerlifting. Being in the zone is also known as flow state, Jake, depending on who you're talking to. It is a psychological phenomenon, all right? Um, and basically, it's associated with extreme focus, all right? Uh, there's a cool little definition that I found. It's uh, described as the feeling of becoming fully immersed in whatever you're doing um, or a full capacity engagement, okay? Um, it is different for everyone. What the studies seem to show is that the higher level of the athlete generally are going to get uh, into flow states, better flow states, and easier to get into a flow state. Um, also, what they found is that the more demanding the task is um, physically or mentally, basically, uh, you will get a higher level of flow state. So if it, you're really having to concentrate mentally on something, you can get into a better flow state. Or if you are like really physically exerting yourself. So like if you are running an ultra marathon and you're in the last 20 Ks and you've been running for 80 kilometers, your brain is just in this like, your whole body is like dying basically. And uh, you just get in this flow state. I'm just going to keep going. And then you're just in this flow state. And all of a sudden you just, you've done another 20 kilometers, right? So the harder the task, um, basically you get into a better flow state as well. I experienced something like that with, uh, I said in some of the other podcasts that I started skateboarding this year. Yeah. And uh, I experienced something similar to that with the surf skate that I have because it's, it is very nice and flowy. And then I started going faster and faster and faster and doing the coast to coast run. And yeah, what you get to a point where you're using a hundred percent of your concentration and your yeah. physical ability going at such high speeds, moving through people, you got to focus and give everything you've got to that task. And it's like, you can't think about anything else mm. for that time while you're doing that task. It's, it's actually nice because cool. nothing else matters while you're doing <laughs> that thing. And you can completely devote yourself to one task. It, it is actually pretty interesting. Very cool. Um, it's effects on powerlifting could potentially um, decrease the anxiety or stress that you feel like nervousness before um, a lift, Jake. Um, it could also stop you from overthinking all the little things that you're doing with your lift. Mm -hmm. And finally, it could potentially um, give you hyper-focus on what you should be focusing on during your lift, right? So it could get rid of all the little things, it could make you focus on what's really important, or it could just decrease sort of stress and anxiety. So it definitely could have some benefits um, to, to powerlifting. Um, 
and you just need to be working on your mindfulness on how to get into that flow state effectively mm. for your day. And it might not necessarily be the weight training itself. It might just be part of the warm-up that you do or the style of warm-up that you do right before you The hit. music that you listen to beforehand. Absolutely. Anything a lot like of that. people have their things like, I, for example, the skateboarding thing. I could get on my skateboard and just burn around outside for a little bit and then walk straight to the bar and squat. You know, like you get to that point where you don't think about anything else and then that's you being in the zone and then you just go do what you got to do. That's it. Yeah, a lot of people have their, uh, their little rituals. You see it a lot with powerlifting is the way that they like grab onto the bar, the, the whole setup, the headphones, the everything. It's all part of that. Very yeah. stup superstitious. Stup superstitious. 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 There you go. Yeah. Um, question 10, also from Jake. How does the nervous system affect performance? Nervous system, split it up into a few different parts. You yeah. have your PNS, parasympathetic nervous system. You have your... Wait, what did you say that I have? Parasympathetic. Your PNS? My God, Nevin! I thought this was a penis. You just said, "Oh, this guy!" Come on, we're being serious. Adrian has a penis, everyone. Penis jokes. All right, continue. You have your SNS, which is your sympathetic nervous system, and you have your CNS, your central nervous system. Okay, PNS, parasympathetic nervous system, is basically your rest and digest. So it is regulating your breathing rate. It is helping with your digestion, stuff you're not conscious of, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Your sympathetic nervous system is your uh, fight or flight nervous system, yeah. okay? So it can upregulate your heart rate. It can make your vision better. It can dump adrenaline. It can do all sorts of cool things like that, increase the airflow to your lungs so you're ready to freaking get out there and get after it, okay? Or like climb a tree and run away. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, Long-term chronic stress on your um, SNS uh, can increase your body's cortisol levels. Cortisol is the stress hormone. Mm -hmm. Um, and long-term, that can have negative effects on your life. Now, yeah. you are not going to have increased cortisol levels from lifting heavy and getting all G'd up for a big no, lift, no, but if you have constant stresses in your life um, where that is an issue... It definitely affects you. I've seen that a lot over the years as well. You get a good perspective as a, as a coach, a very good outside perspective, and I've seen people develop stomach ulcers and get all sorts of all sorts of nasty... Like There are very physical manifestations of stress. We're having high cortisol levels. You see a, a definite decrease of performance, but people start to develop very serious health issues as well when they're yeah. like just stressed. Long, long, long term, cortisol can do things like increase um, yeah. uh, your chance of getting type 2 diabetes, um, cardiovascular disease, all sorts of things like mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but that is basically um, the roundup with, uh, with those. Or actually, there's a bit more we talk about the central nervous system, um, which plays a huge role in strength training. So, basically, it improves intramuscular coordination. We talked about this before how yeah. you, when you first walk into the gym, you might have the intention of going 100%, but you just can't lift as heavy a weight as you could because yeah. you can't control it. Yeah. Controlling it is like you are improving your intramuscular coordination, so the chain of which your muscles contract and making sure all that happens in the right direction mm -hmm. also um, affects your uh, better motor unit recruitment. Yep. So you're able to uh, recruit more motor units and they're able to activate at a, a higher force. Yep. Okay, So really, central nervous system is really important yep. uh, for, for getting stronger and lifting weights. Central fatigue can be detrimental to performance. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's pretty hard to get. You can get it from prolonged exercise, long-term exposure to high energy exercise without like the adequate recovery periods. Which is why we have deloads structured into a lot of our powerlifting programs. Correct. And, stuff like that as well. um, and also neurochemical imbalances yeah. like noradrenaline and dopamine, which I'm not as familiar with, but there, there are some. I did want to add one to this for people who are wondering. Um, Please. Overtraining. Well, simply put, you're probably not yeah. overtraining. 90 to 95%, I would say, of people who worry about overtraining aren't. Unless you are a high-level athlete who is pushing their body to their absolute limits, um, probably under the guidance of a coach who is trying to push your body to your absolute mm. limit, you probably have not experienced overtraining. I would say, yeah. 95% of people that go into the gym at a training, um, they're, they're, not, they're not overtraining. I would say that you're either not eating enough or not sleeping enough, but definitely not overtraining. Right. That's um, very hard It's a do. very small amount. And yeah. we do chuck... Um, People say, but what about three weeks on, one week off? Look, we're all for deload weeks. We chuck them in usually every fifth week, you know, four weeks, five weeks. But you can go eight weeks without a deload if, you, if you're programming right. There's nothing wrong. You can go 12 weeks without a deload. Yeah. You can have long periods of training as long as it's, you know, you periodize and you're working towards a certain direction. If you direction. can handle it, then you can, you handle can go it. a lot longer. So everyone is different. Generally, the higher level the athlete and the more intense that work mm -hmm. are more prone to overtraining. But for the and vast majority of people that are training in a gym, yeah. probably not going to sniff. We structure training. the deloads in for people as more like as a fail safe, just as a regular. But thing also, to have. it's like it's nice to back things off exactly. and change change the program exactly. a little bit. Yeah. You know, it breaks it up. It's not as monotonous as a training program. Yeah. Doing the same thing for eight weeks every time. Exactly. You know? Cool. The very last question is by anonymous. 
uh, is what's the real deal? Bitcoin or Monero? And what do you think? I said Bitcoin. I'm Bitcoin for life. But why? What's Monero, Nevin? I don't know. It's not Bitcoin. That's what it yeah, is. It's Bitcoin Junior. Yeah. So, well, Monero. So, this is what he was trying to tell me. I'm going to say it's Tom. Hey, Tom. How hey, you Tom, doing? What's up? Tom was trying to say Monero is doing oh, what? Wait, you said anonymous. Hey, Tom anonymous. Yeah. Hey, Tom anonymous. All right. Tom 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 anonymous. Um, uh, Tononymous said, uh, Anonymous Prime. Yeah, Prime was saying, um, basically, Monero is doing what Bitcoin said it was going to do. It is like the it is the anonymous currency. Like it is untraceable. You don't know who it's come from, where it's going. You can't see it. It's not like Bitcoin where there's a, blo- a visible blockchain. You can actually track everything. Yep. Um, he says, and that's why he's like, it's going to flip Bitcoin. It's not going to flip Bitcoin. Bitcoin is always going to be big brother Bitcoin. Okay. Bitcoin does the flipping around here. This is, uh, this is not financial advice. And uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just have a disclaimer. Yeah. Run down the screen really quick. Hope you guys all enjoyed today's question and answer podcast. We really uh, like them. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect timing. Yeah. So, once again, we really like doing these questions and answers podcasts. And now that we have uh, the, the the equipment to be able to do cool slideshows, um, we'd like to do a lot more. So comment on this one. Tell us some of the questions that you want answered. Um, as for the people in the gym as well, put some questions up on the board. We like doing these ones. If you yeah. have good questions that aren't ridiculous, we'll answer them. And don't be afraid to throw a couple out there because if they're good enough, we'll write them down and we'll... We've done it before. We've separated these and made two parts of them. Yeah. We, we can just lock them and load them for next I, time. I think well. just all in all, this was a, was a good podcast. These are all good questions. Yeah. Well done, everyone. And I'll give yourself a pat on the back there. Yeah. Now, also, we're going to wrap up. If you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe. We have to 666, the number of the beast. Yeah, Subscribers, 666. Okay. So many squads soon. Yeah, I know. Um, if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe. Okay. Uh, we appreciate it. It helps the channel grow. It does. Also, also, um, I think that's everything. Well, also, also, uh, enjoy your wedding. And Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. When you come back, you're gonna, someone finally married you. <laughs> when you come back, you're going to be a married man. That's it. And we're going to have more podcasts ready to go. Now, this is going to launch while I'm away, sipping martinis uh, at the beach, in the sun. Mm. Anyhow. Riding camels. <laughs> How? Ah! dare you I'm too fat to ride the camels in broom apparently they didn't say that they, they, they implied that I was too too yoked too strong it's not you it was all the fat people that ruined it for you it was the fat people that ruined it for me anyhow uh, we still have a great time uh, thank you very much for watching uh, and tune into the next one we'll be back shortly we'll see you guys soon awesome catch you